turn to Judges real quickly. Judges chapter 6. And uh, I'm going to read a portion of this story. And, uh, and let's, uh, let's see what God has for us. Judges chapter 6 and verse 11. If you don't have a Bible, you can look up on the screen um, and follow with us. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abezrite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Aren't you grateful that God doesn't see just where we are, but he sees where we're called to go? Aren't you grateful that God doesn't just speak to our situation right then, but he sees where we're headed and he speaks over our life, the purposes of God that are upon our life. And I want to just declare over you for 2019 that the best is yet to come over your life, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you find yourself, there is something great ahead of you because God has gone before you. He's checked out the land and he's looking back this morning saying, come on in. 2019 has some breakthrough ahead of you. He says, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our father told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. This is a great story. This story, what precedes what we just read is the children of the Lord had been experiencing some oppression because of this group of people called the Midianites. The Bible says that the children of Israel would come out day after day and they would sow and they would sow seed. And the Bible says that the Midianites would come and that they would steal the seed. Day after day after day, this happened so much so that the children of Israel now found themselves hidden in caves because of fear and because of what they had experienced. They had pulled back in what God was calling them to. They are in this place of defeat. They are in this place of brokenness. They were not stepping forward with a confidence but they were holding back. There was a spirit of timidity. They weren't completely out. They were still in the game, but they were timid. They were full of fear. They would come out and try and sow and the enemy would come and steal and they would, they would take one step forward and sort of three steps back and there was a little bit of movement and things would look like for a minute that they're going good, but then they would take a hit and they would go back. And Gideon had experienced this and he'd seen his people experience this. And where we find Gideon in this moment right now, Gideon has experienced so much brokenness and so much despair that he cannot even go about his daily task in the normal way that he usually would. There's so much 
timidity and there's so much fear that the Midianites are going to come and steal the very wheat that he's threshing. If you don't know it, the Bible in Bible days, what they would do is they would thresh wheat. They would break it down. And what they would do is it would be on the ground. Typically how you would do it, you would do it out in the open. And you would get the wheat once it's been harvested and, and cut up and it would be on the ground and you would get a shovel or a pitchfork and you would scoop it up and you would throw it up in the air. And the wind would come and as the, as the wheat is thrown in the air, the wind would come and it would blow the real fine shafts away and the thicker shafts would fall to the ground and that would be what you would pick up. So this is what Gideon is doing. But typically this job, because it requires the, the breeze of the open air, it, it needed to be done in an open area. But because of what the enemy had been doing to the children of Israel, Gideon is unable to operate how he would normally operate. So he's reduced to a wine press. A wine press was a big hole in the ground that was set below the surface of the earth and they would, they would press wine in there. But Gideon is not pressing wine in the wine press. He's doing the right thing, but he's in the wrong place. And he's down there, understand that wine in Bible times represents joy. Wine represents abundance. Wine represents overflow. Wine represents blessing. But Gideon is not using the wine press for its purpose because there is no joy. There is no abundance. There is no blessing. So Gideon is now threshing wheat, doing, doing the right thing in the wrong place. He's surrounded by a wine press. He's surrounded by the memory of what used to be. He's surrounded by the joy that he should be experiencing, but he's not. It's almost like he can taste it, but he's not walking in it. He can see the wine press around him. He can see the breakthrough just an arm's reach, but he's not walking in it just yet. He can taste it. He comes to church every now and then and gets a glimpse of it. Maybe there's a miracle. It feels like it's so close, but I'm not, not breaking through just yet. I'm speaking to some of you that feel like you're just on the edge. You feel like you're just, you're not understand Gideon is not dead. He's not in prison. He, he, he's broken, but he's, he's, he's down, but he's not out just yet. He's just, he's just hanging in there. Every now and then he gets a bit of a step forward and, and then takes a hit, but he seems to come back again. I'm speaking this morning to some of you that feel like you're sort of just barely hanging in there. You're not down and out completely and you're not dead completely, but you're just hanging in there. And I felt like God wanted me to bring you this word this morning to tell you that you are right exactly where you need to be. That even though you may feel like you are right now falling short of God's purpose, don't give up because you are right where you need to be and the breakthrough is about to come and you're about to step into the fullness of God's purpose and plan for your life. Just hold your ground in your wine press. It sounds weird to say, hold your ground in the wine press, because we've just talked about what the wine press represents. The wine press represented lack. It represent, It was meant to be joy, but for Gideon in this moment, it was lack. It was oppression. But understand that the wine press for Gideon was the meeting place. The, there has been an angel 
of the Lord had been given direction by God not to meet Gideon in a hilltop place, not to meet Gideon in an open place of breakthrough, not to meet Gideon in a place of blessing, not to meet Gideon in a place of prosperity. But the angel of the Lord had been given an assignment by God to go and meet Gideon in his wine press. I wanted to encourage some of you that feel like you are just on the edge of a breakthrough that you need to not be discouraged this morning because your angel is on the way to meet you right where you are and give you exactly what you're going to need for 2019. And what you've been doing in the wine press has not been in vain because God has been guiding and orchestrating your steps even in the wine press and has prepared you for this moment right now to grab a word from from God that you're going to carry into 2019 that will see you victorious in Jesus Christ. If you receive that, why don't you take about 10 seconds and give God praise like your breakthrough has already come. You are about to win in the wine press. This is what I want to preach to you real quickly. How to win in your wine press. How to get a victory in this place where you feel like you're just short of it and you're just on the edge. The first point that I want you to write down and I want to give you four quick points. I take this from the fact that the Bible says that the angel of the Lord came and it says the angel sat under a terebinth tree. Now you might read that and we can skip over that quickly. But if you take a moment, I want to show you why is that powerful. Because any time in Scripture where you would see a king seated, what that meant was when a king would sit on his throne and oversee a situation, the kings, often the king's subjects would bring before him issues and challenges and things that he had to deal with and decisions he needed to make. And what a king would do in Bible times, when a king sat down, in front of a situation that was presented before him, it represented his authority over it. It demonstrates that the enemy, that the, that the king is not rattled by what's being presented in front of him. It represents that the king, whilst seeing the reality of the situation, I'm going to take a seat right now because I understand my authority over this and I'm going to make a very clear, very concise decision and I don't need to get upset or need to get rattled because I know who I am. I want to tell you the first thing to how you can win in your wine press is you need to remember that you have power over it. That your God has given you every single thing that you need in order to walk in your victory. And you need to take a seat where you are and recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. That your God didn't wrap himself in flesh and come and hang on a cross so that you can worry about a situation that's in front of you. That you're about to experience a win in the middle of your wine press. And it's going to come through recognizing the power that you have over it. Some of you need to remind yourself of how powerful you are in Christ Jesus' name. You've got to understand that when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, how powerful that decision was. Because when you asked Him into your heart and you prayed that prayer and you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, He now owns you. He owns you. 
That's powerful because if he owns you, you understand that he didn't get you for free. He paid a price for you. And if he paid a price for you, then when the enemy tries to come and attack your mind and attack your thinking, you have to recognize that he has absolutely no legal right because you have already, I wish I could preach to someone this morning that recognizes who they are, who they belong to and the power that you have in Christ Jesus. You have power over it. When you wake up in the morning and start to declare things over your life, whether you feel it or not, it does not matter. When you speak those words out, the word says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Even though you may not feel it and you wake up when you're feeling dark and you're feeling heavy and you don't understand and you wake up and say, God, I thank you that you're in me. I thank you that greater is he that's in me than the devil that's coming against me. I thank you that the word says that when the devil comes one way, he's going to flee seven ways. I bind my mind to the mind of Christ. And as you continue to declare the word, you'll start to feel the word go out ahead of you and start to cut and start to fight on your behalf. Why? Because you have power through Christ Jesus. And when you take authority that has been given to you and apply it to your life, things start to shift and move. There is power in your words. That's why I'm careful what I say. I hold it carefully. The power of life and death is powerful when you declare blessing over your life. It's powerful when you make that decision to say, God, I cancel every assignment of the enemy over my life today. God, I declare that my word, my my steps are ordered by the Lord. God, I declare your hand is upon my family. I speak a hedge of protection around my home. I declare blessing over my marriage. I declare the hand of God upon every single decision I make today. Understand is powerful. When you make that decision to pray and declare the word of God over your mind and your thinking. Too many Christians, we wait till we feel it. We wait till we feel it. Let me tell you something. Some of the most powerful breakthroughs I've had in my life began when I did not feel it. I never forget when I was doing youth ministry and some of you perhaps heard this story and I was believing in youth ministry back in Melbourne, Australia and I wanted God, I could believe God told us that we were going to save the city and we were going to see young people wonder Jesus and I had this vision in my heart but I didn't see it in front of me. And I remember I prayed. I would go around my city and, and I would pray. I would go late at night and I would have my headphones on and I would pray. And I would say, God, give me a city. And I remember when I, I prayed it and then God started to bring young people that were unsaved. And we started to experience challenges and just issues going on in our youth ministry. And I'll never forget, I remember I was driving home and I was praying and I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. I can't pay the price. I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. And I'll never forget the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, pull over. And I pulled my car over to the side of the road. It was late at night. And, and I got out and I started to walk around. It was, a, and it was dark and it was this old, old football field. And I didn't feel it. And I didn't feel full of faith. I felt discouraged. I felt beat down. I felt tired. And God just spoke to me and said, what have I told you? And I said, I know, you, I know all this, God. I said, God, you, you know all of this stuff. And he said, what did I tell you? And I said, you know, the, the, I don't know, that we would save a city or something. I don't know. Felt good back then, doesn't feel good right now. He said, what did I tell you? He kept repeating the same thing. God, I, I, say, and God said, the Holy Spirit said, we say it. 
I said, I, you know when you just don't want to play ball? I'm like, okay, say, city, king, you know, people and say, God said, say it. And I said, God, I believe that you called me to save a city. And you know what? You know what I felt? Nothing. This sermon would have gone so much better if, if a dove flew out of heaven and landed. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have felt good right then to just preach that? But that's not what happened. I felt like crap. I said it, nothing happened. And I said, all right, God, I said it. And, he, and God said to me, what do you believe? I said, oh, are we really doing this, God? Come on, I believe, you know, you know what I believe. He said, say it. I said, I believe, I don't know that... I don't, like, God, why, you know, I mean, you're with me and you're guiding me. He says, say it again. God, you are with me. God, you're guiding me. And then he says, what does my word say? And, and I said, God, I believe that your word says that my steps are ordered by the Lord and that you're going before me and that there's no battle that I face that you haven't already gone ahead of me and got the victory in front of me and I'm not going about it in my own strength and even when I feel like I can't do it through you I can and as I started to as I started to speak out the word of God I started something in my spirit started to stir I started when I first started doing it I walking at night and I was like I was walking like this I had there was so much attitude I was like, whatever, God, like, you know. But then as I continue to declare the word of God and speak out of my mouth, my, 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 my posture started to change. And listen, I, this sounds weird to some of you, but I started walking faster. You should have seen me in this football field in, in, in pitch black dark as a wonder I didn't break my flipping leg. I, was, I started walking and I started walking because, because I started to declare the word I didn't allow my feelings to to dictate my declaration. I allowed my declaration to dictate my feelings. And I started walking and said, God, you are with me. And you are going before me. And even though it feels bad right now, I know that you're getting the victory in front of me and there's no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper. And then when the enemy comes and I start declaring, then when the walk started, I started to run. I'm telling you, oh, you should have seen me. I must look like I was bat crazy. I started running around this field because my spirit started to stir and my spirit started to declare some things over my physical body. And I left that football field having had a victory in the spirit because I recognized the power that I had over my situation to declare change and to declare the vision that God had put in my heart. You have power over it. Say that. I have, say it like you're awake and you've had an espresso already. Say, I have power over it. Now give him praise like you believe it. You got power over it. You got power over it. You don't have to get worried. You don't have to get anxious. You can hold your ground. Bible talks about having a steady hand. Say, so you know what? I'm going to sit down over this and I'm going to declare my power over it through Christ Jesus. The second thing that happens in the story, the Bible says that the angel came while, while Gideon threshed wheat. While Gideon threshed while Gideon threshed wheat, while Gideon was in the middle of it, while he was in the middle of his despair, 
while he was in the middle of his brokenness. Not after he came out of it, but while he was in the middle of it. Not after the season had finished and he was feeling better about his life. No, while he was in the middle of it, the angel came and spoke over his life. The first thing you need to understand is you have power over it. The second thing is God has given you a peace in it. A peace when? In it. Not a peace after it. When you've walked through a difficult situation and that situation rectified itself and it finished up all good, that's when often we stand back and we go, wow, man, thank God that's over. And then we feel good. That's not the peace of God. That's the peace of the world. Because why wouldn't you feel good? It's over. But we have to understand and receive the peace of God, not when it's over, but when you're in it. When you're in the middle of all hell, battling everything you're battling, and still you feel a peace, that's when you know that that peace did not come from anywhere on this earth. That's when you know that peace came directly from heaven because it does not make sense. I'm talking about a peace of God. Too many Christians, we don't know enough what the peace of God is. Often we rely on the peace of the world thinking that's the peace of God. But you don't often get a revelation of the peace of God until you're walking through complete and utter turmoil and you can stand in the middle of a crap wine press wishing it was different and still be able to lift your hands and give God praise and feel it in your spirit, not because your situation changed, but because you know what it is to receive the peace of God. You've got power over it and you've got peace when in it say that in it right in the middle of it God doesn't want to just deliver you from it he wants to give you peace while you're still in it the third thing are you still with me come on nudge your neighbor if they look like they're falling asleep power over it peace in it the angel came and said the Lord the Lord's with you The Lord's with you. His presence, power over it, peace in it, and His presence through it. That He will never leave you nor forsake you. That the Holy Spirit is my comforter. He is my counselor. He's guiding, He's guiding, He's directing me that my steps are ordered by the Lord. That even though it's difficult, God is not intimidated by my difficult circumstance. He doesn't wait for me to get on the other side of it. He walks with me every single step of the way. He's guiding you through it. That right in the middle of it, that there has been an angel that has been assigned to your situation. There's some of you that have been asking God the question, the same question that Gideon was asking is, where are you? Where are you in all of this? Then you need to take courage this morning that there's been an angel assigned to your situation, that he is with you, that he is guiding you the same way there was an angel assigned to stand with those Hebrew boys right in the middle of a fiery furnace. 
It's not about what you're feeling. It's about what you focus on. That you can be right in the middle of a fire and still focus on that angel and come out and not be burned. That there has been an angel assigned to your situation. There was an angel that had been assigned to him. The same way an angel had been assigned to Daniel in the lion's den. That when Daniel got there, an angel had already gone before him and said, it's going to be okay. You're going to walk through this because I'm with you. You're not here by yourself. Don't worry about the roar of these lions because I'm with you. I'm going to shut the mouth of these lions. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have to endure the night, but what you endure is not going to go through you. You're going to come out of it and you're going to come out victorious in Jesus Christ's name. In fact, you're going to come out of this thing with more faith than you ever thought possible in your whole entire life because you had to walk through it in order to stretch you and grow your faith. And I'm going to bring people around you that need to hear your testimony. I feel this this morning, that need to hear your testimony because they've not yet gone through it and they need to see someone that came through it and came through it victorious in Jesus Christ's name. His presence, His presence is with you. His presence is with you. I want to read what I wrote. I felt God told me. The enemy's hand might have brought you to where you are, but God's hand is about to come and use where you are right now to take you to where you're called. The attack, I'm talking about, understand, these these attacks for Gideon were, he didn't ask for this. He didn't even really necessarily deserve it. It It was the mistakes of the people. But those of you that have encountered attacks in 2018, you didn't ask for. Some of you have said that, God, I never asked for this. And you've asked those same questions that Gideon asked. If you're with me, then why is this happening? I felt like God wanted me to tell you this morning that if you've said these words in 2018, this isn't fair, God, why? Then you're going to end up saying this in 2019. This blessing is not fair, God. Why would you bless me like this? I never asked for this. Those of you that have said, I never asked for this. You're going to experience a breakthrough and a blessing that you never asked for. One that you do not deserve. If you've said to God, this is too much for me to bear and it's been overwhelming. I felt like God wanted me to declare over your life that there's a blessing coming your way in 2019. That's going to be overwhelming. That's going to be more than you can bear. There's going to be more than you can handle. That you're going to get in the presence of God and not be able to stop your hands from raising up because of the abundance that God has poured out upon your life and given you a victory that you never thought was possible. Some of you feel like because of your situation, you are cornered. I had a picture of, of, of some of you feel cornered. This was where Gideon was. He, if he, he knew he was in, not in the right place, but he didn't have a choice. Because if he threshed wheat outside of the wine press, the Midianites would steal the wheat. So he had to, and you felt like, and, and all this time you feel like, yes, it's been the enemy that's caused you to be cornered. But don't underestimate God's power over the enemy. 
to even use what the enemy thought was strategically positioning you in a bad place. God told me to tell you all this time you thought you were in a bad place, you're really in a birthing place. Because what Gideon was called to and the victory that he walked in later on in the story of Gideon, later on in Judges, the call of God to walk in that victory happened in what he what originally he thought was a bad place, ended up being a birthing place. That where you thought you'd been cornered by the enemy, you've been set up by God to get a victory in 2019. And what you've been praying for across 2018, I feel like preaching this word over your life, that there's a break through coming in Jesus Christ's name that what the enemy thought he was using to hold you back. God is about to flip the script on the devil over your life and you're about to experience a breakthrough like never before. Once you give God some praise, if you receive that over your life for 2019. Psalm 139. Sit down real quick. I'm going to finish. I saw, I saw God, I saw, because I saw this picture and you're cornered. And the Holy Spirit said that to me. He said, people feel cornered. And I said, God, what does that mean? And then the Holy Spirit showed me this scripture. Because when I saw cornered, I saw stuck and I saw that as a negative. But then he showed me this, Psalm 139 and verse five. You have hedged me in. Behind and before what you thought was being cornered, God's been positioning you. He's been positioning you. That, that's how good your God is, is He will let the enemy think He's winning. But all the while, He was using what the enemy was doing. Same way how Joseph said, what the enemy meant for evil, God turns around for the good. He's going to guide you through it. His presence is with you. I've got power over it. Say that with me. Say, I have power over it. I've got peace in it. I've got His presence through it. And I'm going to get purpose out of it. Gideon. Gideon was in a wine press. It's a cool story. We look at it and we're like, wine prayer. But we forget that this is a crap place to be for Gideon. But you know what? Gideon was exactly where he needed to be. That God's purpose was being outworked through this situation. I wanted to tell you this morning that you're on track. That even where the enemy has tried to bring things to get you off track, that if you continue to to hold your ground, and continue to declare that your steps are ordered. Do you believe that your steps are ordered even through a crap place? Some of you are too hung up on the fact that I said crap on a Sunday morning. You missed the whole point of what I just said. See, we think, God, you order my steps. We think that just means we walk on fairy dust all the time. And, and it's like a little yellow brick road and we just skip down life. No, no, no. Understand that God's steps are not intimidated by difficult circumstances. That even through difficult circumstances, while you may be threshing wheat in a wine press, your steps are still being ordered by the Lord. Even when the devil thinks he's walking you, he is not. God's on your side. He's guiding your steps. And my word tells me that he gives me every single place that I step my foot upon. 
You've got power over it, peace in it, presence through it, and purpose from it. In Jesus Christ's name. I've got more to preach, but I'm going to stop right there because my time is up. I want you to give God praise if you receive that over your life. Come on, don't you dare let the enemy try and steal what God has for you in 2019. You are victorious even when you don't feel it. Take it by faith in Jesus Christ. 